What's up, y'all? This is B, and coming to talk to you. I got a question for you. Is is love dead? <laughs> I mean, is love dead? Dead? Has it finally died? That's my question. I mean, as we look around in our world, what do we see? What what of this never-ending topic of love? This Is our world headed for something and is love on its way out? I ask this because this topic comes from a conversation that I had with one of my closest friends who's one of my closest friends who asked, you know, does unconditional love exist? And I think it's a great question because, you know, I mean, does it? Does love itself even exist? And we talk about unconditional love and we question that one, but what about love itself? Does love itself exist? I think in order to ask the question, we have to ask first, what does love even mean? What is love? (laughs) And fuck, that's a question in and of itself. I mean, how many times have people wrestle with that one? I mean, you got rappers, you got singers, you got artists, actors, entertainers, you got celebrities of of all kinds that that taking a stab at love in one way or another. I mean, everyone's tried to answer what is love. The great poets of old have tried to capture their idea of love. One of my favorite authors, Socrates, a philosopher and, and, and pivotal players in the game of life, you know, he described love as the everlasting possession of the good. <laughs> Among many things, of course, the everlasting possession of the good. Aristotle, he took a a more biblical definition from, you know, the Greek translations of love. And he he talked about how there's many different variations of love. You know, there's this love, which is the eros love, which again, the eros comes from um, not arrows, like I'm shooting a bow and arrow. We're talking eros, E-R-O-S. It's this Greek word that describes where we get the word erotica, where we get sexual love, passionate and intense love. It's that, that love that we share with someone that we're intimate love, that romantic love that, that gets you all excited and nervous and palms sweaty and that dreamy love that, again, the actors and actresses and entertainers have tried to capture, singers and, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, one of my favorites is like Adele when she sings of love. It's like, God damn, this girl. She got me thinking of love. Oh my gosh, you know, so. But Aristotle, he spoke from it, uh, spoke of love from a, um, from that, using the Greek words and the, and the translations to try and capture what it mean. And he, he spoke of three different loves, uh, a biblical loves, eros, the erotica love, you know, um, phileo, which means like a brother, a familial love, you know, that family and friends type shit. It's that basic transactional love. It carries on this essence of, of something good, but it's the idea of you just loving your friends and your family, uh, being patient and kind. And uh, I mean, there's a, 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 another biblical definition of love. It says to be, pa- love is patient, kind does not envy. It does not parade itself saying, look at me. It's not proud. Love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Love always perseveres. That's a def- that's a biblical definition of love, and it goes hand in hand with what Aristotle was talking about with that phileo love, that brotherly love, and and even that love, in my in my opinion, sounds very poetic, and it sounds very, it sounds very beyond a a normal humanity type love, because it, it almost speaks of something that's not transactional, but it is. It's very natural. I mean, we love people because we love people. You know, and um, 
And because they love us, you know, there's something that they give us. They give us the love. So we love in return, you know. So there is this very fundamental transactional aspect of love that, that does take place. But it's asking what type of transaction. But then there's a, there's a, a third love that's spoke about in the Bible, which Aristotle also talks about. It's agape love, which is... You know, a divine love. It draws on the elements of both the eros love or the phileo love, which again, you know, eros, erotica, phileo, brotherly or familial love. It draws on both of those, but to reach a perfect kind of love. It's a transcending love. A passion without the necessity of being reciprocated. So I love you and I need nothing in return. It's a God love, a divine love. So is love dead? I mean, as we try to figure this shit out and ask is this, if love's dead, we have to have some basic understanding of love. And I think these three variations of love, I mean, I love Socrates. It's the, the, the eternal possession of, of goodness, you know. I love that, but I love this one too, though. This biblical Aristotle Jesus love that really starts to transcend humanity and bring you to a level where you embody, envision, and implement a love that surpasses all understanding. What is this everlasting love? This everlasting possession of goodness? Is it something that we do see out there? Is it something that we could actually bring to the table? I don't know if you agree, but I'm only seeing fragments of the first two loves. I'm only seeing fragments of that shit. Eros and phileo. I, I see people who are locked into this passion, this, uh, this erotic love, you know, sexual love. But again, it, I don't see romance. I don't see this love that sweeps you off your feet. <laughs> I don't see this love that you get caught up in and, and, it, and it becomes this beautiful, transcending, erotic, passionate, driven love between two people. I see primarily sex. Or even the love within a family. I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of love in family. I don't see people going out of their way for their brothers and their sisters and their moms and dads or, the, you know, parents doing the same thing. I don't see that commonly. I only see fragments and only fragments of the first two loves. I think people have given up on the agape God love altogether. I might even go out on the edge of saying that I think love is dying. I think Eros love, that erotica love, I think, you know, that fragment that I see, it's, it's just been corrupted into a love that's purely for pleasure. I mean, it is intense. It isn't intense at all. It's just sexual. It isn't this romantic love that two people go swimming in for one another. <laughs> I don't see people like that out there. I don't see couples like that. I mean, is that a love that you see out there? I was talking with a friend who's currently writing a book, actually, on her quest for love. You know, what's love to her? And what she found in her search for love is, you know, in, in her relationships of past is... Um, I mean, and she does provide a, a wellspring of wisdom on the topic, but it, it is packaged up in all of these relationships that she's been in. 
She shares that it was through these relationships that she came closer to an understanding of a love that was even bigger than what she knew in those relationships. It wasn't the one relationship here and there that was the end-all, be-all answer to love. It was the fact that each relationship led her closer to love itself. I ain't gonna ruin the book for you. I mean, it ain't even, you know, written yet, but, you know, she's working on it. But this is what she shared with me so far. And it was like, I thought it was enlightening. I found, I found it truly enlightening because, again, that is where you move into the realm of what Socrates was talking about where life was this quest and somewhat culmination of understanding that love was this everlasting presence of some eternal good. It was divine. It was something that if you're doing right, leads to the higher love. A love that doesn't need anything in return, that agape love that that God love, a love that just is. A love that is, in essence, that bridge of many gaps and dividing factors in our life. But I mean, shit, when I look at it, I don't really see a lot of people there. I think most people are in this place where love is solely based on transaction. <laughs> it's all transactions, y'all. I mean, I think we've been tricked. We've been tricked into forfeiting this eternal, magnificent love for a transactional love. I mean, really, think about it. How many people do you know? How many times have you yourself told someone that you love them just because of what they did? Nah. I get it, you know, I mean, what people do, this, this tangible aspect of what they bring to the table is reason for love, but is it the sole reason? I think we've all had people or have even fallen into the category ourselves of loving people solely based off of what we get from them, but when the gifts stop or when the transactions fade, does the love fade too? And I think sometimes it does. I mean, I think a lot of the times it does. My friend, he, you know, he, he talked about it, uh, you know, on his live broadcast on Facebook. He's, and he kind of pointed out that, yeah, you know, when your friend is there, when they text you, when they call you, when they do things for you, you, you love them. But when they, when they fade and they don't, sometimes you, you, you know, your love fades. You're like, oh, well, fuck them. You know, it could easily be that, you know. And um, it makes you ask the question, what kind of love is out there? Is there really a true love? Or are we just focused on what love can bring? If true love is not selfish or self-seeking or worried about this transaction, basically, then have I been a true lover of people? You know, that's what it is. You know, if, if, if it's not self-seeking, then okay, are we moving closer to a, a place of truer love? And I, and I think that, in my opinion, when I study the topic of love, or, you know, um, especially the biblical topic, this Aristotle um, topic, I mean, again, Socrates too, I mean, they talk about this transcendent love, this eternal love. And so you have to look to the divine realm, you know, you go back through history and look at some divine figures, and you really wrestle with love. And, and I wrestle with what Jesus said, he said some pretty profound shit about it. He said, um, in, 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 in his words, he said, you've heard that it was said that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say that you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I thought that was profound. That, that shakes everything up because, again, can you love your friends? Well, that's, that's cool, you know, but what about your enemies? I mean, it's really profound. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven in the divine realm. 
for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? (laughs) If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the unbelievers do the same? Therefore, you're to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Come on. (laughs) I mean, he was always setting a new precedent for love, y'all. A divine love, a perfect love. You want to know what a divine love or a perfect love is? I mean, I believe it's doing what others don't do. Approaching love from a divine realm and thought and being. Every time I look at Jesus, he was loving people who others didn't love. I mean, here's this Jewish rabbi, teacher, prophet, son of God, walking on water, doing the most miraculous things. The wind and sea obey him. I mean, he's healing people, the sick, the blind, the the lame, those who can't move, the paralyzed. I mean, he comes up to a Samaritan woman who's bouncing from one man to another in that transactional love, erotica love. And, and, And again, just a fragment of it because it wasn't passion. It was something that she could just benefit from. It wasn't really romantic at all. She's just jumping around from one guy to another. But here's Jesus speaking with her, loving her, talking to her about real love, real satisfaction, real truth. I mean, shit, when when some people were ready to stone a woman to death because she was sleeping around, Jesus popped up on the scene and he says, let any anyone who is without sin cast the first stone. Go ahead. (laughs) And they went away in shame. I mean, his love was always this bridge to the divine. It was this bridge of humanity and the divine. It was this bridge that brought people together rather than tore them apart. You know what I mean? He was the guy who hung out with drunks and sinners. And although he didn't advocate for certain parts of their lifestyle, he was he was there. He was there at the parties, providing the best wine, talking with people and loving them in the in, in the most radical ways. So the question is, is this love, this divine love possible for man? And I'm I'm thinking that it is. I mean, this was at the forefront of Jesus's ministry and he taught his disciples and everything, everybody about this shit. I mean, he was the living example of it through being example. He taught people the most radical way of love. And I think that's accessible for all of us. Because if we look back throughout history, we see people who aimed for a higher love and really became a pillar for that love as they walked it out. I mean, think about the civil rights movement back in the day when, you know, black folks was being oppressed by, you know, our country. You had slavery, you had all this shit. You had people like Martin Luther King Jr. who marched for freedom of the people, you know. Um, but not only that, I mean, he didn't just march for freedom. He, he had a dream that one day people from every nation, tongue and creed could hold hands and play on playgrounds together and, and really love one another. I mean, it was this vision of unity. And I don't think we really think about it. We think, I mean, it, it's become, I guess, uh, romanticized at what, what Martin Luther King did. But, I mean, black people was getting tortured and killed, y'all. Hung in public streets. Motherfuckers couldn't even go into restaurants and eat at certain places without being turned away. Get the fuck out of here. People was getting called nigger and all kinds of shit. I mean, we're talking about a, a, a land, the, the land that we call free, that we live in, by, was an advocate, 
people were advocating for racism. It was in churches. It was in our government. It was in our, our justice system. I mean, you got to think about that. People don't really know what this does to you. <laughs> I mean, think about the people who was living through this. Think about being in a diner and you're sitting there, you're just eating your food with your family and some black folks walking or whatever. Uh, 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 any, any person from a different race walks in and the owner says, get the fuck out. And he uses a racial slur to actually tell them to get the fuck out. Imagine it was your race. Imagine it was your race and somebody kills somebody in your race just for being that race. This shit fucks with you. And, and this is the same guy who, who saw his friends and his family and people getting killed and beat and tortured just because they was black. And he says, man, I have visions of us holding hands, y'all. This is divine. And I, and, I, and, I, and I give you a real life example because everybody, once we get to Jesus, people say, well, yeah, that's divine. That's not us. We can't do that. No, we can. And certain people have tried it and they've done it and they've succeeded and they changed the course of history forever. They sacrificed their life on it. I remember when I was a kid once, I'm going to give you a real life story. You know, I remember when I was a kid once, we was traveling, you know, through Arkansas. We had just moved to Arkansas and we was on our way to Dumas. That's where my, uh, my, my, my dad's family lived, you know, and so there was this in-between spot, you know, it's, it was real country back then. So I don't know, I don't even know where all that's at, north, south, east, west or whatever of Arkansas, but we was on our way to Dumas and wherever we was coming from, there was a lot of land in between, a lot of country, you know, and so there's this little grocery store we pulled off to get something to eat, you know, snack on some chips and soda and shit like that, right? So we pull off and we go in, it's nothing but white clerks in there and, and nothing wrong with that. My mom's white, my dad's black so you know we cool with it you know like we run in and we're trying to get some shit and all of a sudden i'm hearing my mom arguing with the store clerk and the store clerk told called her a nigger lover told us to leave so we got out of there we could we didn't even buy none we left and at the time all i heard i didn't know what what any of that meant shit i was probably what 10 or something like that maybe younger But this, this hate was the state of a people once before and still to this day in certain parts. I mean, this hate rummages around in the hearts of a lot of people. And it's not just a racism hate. I mean, it's just hate. Shit, I remember growing up playing basketball. I'm walking down just one of the main streets in my neighborhood. And I mean, this is a place where all kinds of races were. I mean, this wasn't a predominantly conservative, white, upper middle class area. I mean, this was, you know, middle, lower class. I'm walking down the street and some guys come flying down the street in a big ass pickup, blasting Tupac. No, 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 it wasn't Tupac. It was Biggie. It was blasting Biggie. <laughs> and they stick their head out the window and say, go back to Africa, you fucking nigger. Like, come on. <laughs> like, we ain't even got to talk about how ignorant this shit is, but, but this is the hate. This is the hate that was and in a lot of places still is in our world. And so... It's always been a struggle in our world for people to find love for one another, a real love. In those early days of our country, people had to deal with a lot of shit. And I'm talking about the most extreme. I gave you two examples of just racial slurs and conversation, people yelling and shit like that. But back in the civil rights days, people was really getting hung. And before that even, you know, like all throughout history, all different races are getting fucked off because of their color, their skin, their culture, their religion, whatever. And you look at, you look throughout history and you only see a few people who are willing to step up and be a bridge for people to love. 
And in my opinion, that classifies as divine, something outside the realm of human instinct and lower frequency thought. We're talking about Jesus divinity in the in the minds and hearts of the people. And, and my question is, how do we how did we get away from that shit? Or did we ever really reach that love? Why did only so few reach that love? I think firstly, we got to admit that we ain't even, we ain't in the, we're not really in the realms of love. We've gotten away from love. I mean, we don't see people getting strung up in the street and government officials like firemen hosing, hosing motherfuckers down because of their race or whatever. Police doing all this really crooked shit. I mean, we see nuances of it, but nothing like we did before. But we, I think we have to admit that we don't see love. I, see, I still see division. It's just a new type of division. <laughs> the tactics of hate have become more subtle, in my opinion. I think the enemy has found a new way to approach division, and that's just by getting people to love themselves or over everything else and everyone else. For real, I mean, that's the new division. Let's not just do it by brutal force no more. Let's just get these people to love themselves so much that they fucking hate everyone else. That's the new game. And it lines up because there's this ancient prophecy that says, realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossipers, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they've denied its power. Avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into the household and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. God damn. Come on. It also says, this ancient prophecies, it says that at this time, many will fall away and they'll betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many because lawlessness is increased. Most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Y'all, I don't know about you, but all that shit hits home. That's the current state of our economy. Lovers of self, lovers of money, arrogant, disobedient to parents, people who are so fucking ungrateful, unholy, unloving, gossipers, no self-control, haters of good, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, that's where we at, y'all. I mean, love's gone cold. We're in the age of self. Selfie, selfie, selfie. Let me take my selfie. Like, it's all, it's all, everybody just gives a fuck about themselves. I mean, you know how many times I've run into some seemingly good people who only care about themselves? I mean, it's not everywhere, yo. I mean, I think selfishness is the new pandemic. I see so many people carrying the symptoms of selfishness, this new pandemic. I was, I was talking with my, my best friend about this new pandemic of self, and it, and it just, it just makes sense. <laughs> I, I, was <laughs> I was talking with her, and we started asking, how many friends and people do you know that call and check in on you? No agenda, nothing that they want from you. Purely, they call you to check in on you and ask how you're doing. I mean, we compare what we 
what we have for each other and, 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 and what we found in the world. I mean, because we have a good friendship, me and my, my best friend. I mean, me and most of my friends, we have a real solid ass relationship. And when we talk, it's like, you know, like I said, you know, it's like I'm, I'm asking her. How's your job? You know, hey, how's your sister? You know, what's going on with your mom? Hey, uh, oh, hey, did you see that movie? What'd you think? You want to hang out and just kick it, get some coffee and shit, just chill out? I mean, shit, last week her car had an issue and it was just a nightmare dealing with insurance and all that shit, right? She couldn't really kind of get through to anybody and it didn't seem like nobody was, you know, helping her. And I didn't know what to do, but I did say, excuse me, I did say, you want me to call them motherfuckers and, you know, get to the bottom of this shit? Really get on their ass? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it didn't bother me to take time out of my day to help my friend because I wanted to. I, didn't was, I wasn't expecting anything in return. And this is always happening. And it's happening from, from her to me, too. I mean, she's always calling me just, hey, I just want to call in and check to see how you're doing. Hey, I was curious. What do you think of this? I got, you know, I got my, 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 my buddy Pedram. He called me last night and we was talking about love. Hey, I wanted to pick your brain. You know what I mean? I said, what you think? Again, values my opinion and I value his. I mean, we was going back and forth a little bit, really talking this shit out. This morning, my mom was getting frustrated, you know, trying to land an appointment for a doctor, putting her on hold. She was on hold for the last three days, 30, 40 minutes. No one's picking up the call. She doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And she's getting real frustrated. So I said, you know what? Let me call for you. I get the shit done in 10 minutes. Why? Because I love my mom. I don't want to see her frustrated. I don't want to see her go through this. Took time out of whatever I was doing to help her get some shit done because that's what love does, you know? I think we're in a, a day and age where um, there's this love that's so far gone. It's, it's not even in our realm of thinking. You know what's in our realm of thinking? And it makes sense because, you know, most people are concerned with everything but love. You know, I was I was on Google and I just did a quick little, like, I did how to. Like, you want to know how to do something? You want to know what to know? And I just put how and, and, and all this shit came up. How to make money real quick. You know, like not on Google. I mean, Google, it was like it said how, how to play the mega millions, <laughs> how to lose weight. But I mean, these are the things that we search up, right? How to make money real quick, how to lose weight, how to win that girl, that guy, how to get your dream job, how to retire early, how to use AI to make you millions, how to manifest your dream reality, how to start a business. <laughs> All the things that just change a person's circumstance drastically, you know, and, and, and do some maybe things for them in a, in a circumstantial way, but nothing of real substance. I mean, it's a far cry from things that actually have a lasting impact on self and others. I mean, think about some other how-to questions. I mean, how many people do you know or even do you wrestle with the questions like how to find peace? How to be true love? How to be happy? How to love? How to forgive? How to navigate rejection? How to be a great friend. How to maintain healthy relationships. How to help others mentally or emotionally. Do we even ask any of these questions? So when we breach this topic for topic of love, we, we have to ask, what is love? And how do you love in a divine way, not just... A superficial way. How do we embark on this divine journey of love? My my one friend, uh, Ped, you know, Pedram, he 
he posted a great topic on his Facebook about love. He, he calls, calls me after my last podcast. I, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier to debrief and tell me how it kind of fucked with them and, and how it made him think about love in a whole new way. I, it caused him to wrestle with some shit, but um, he didn't have to listen to my shit. But he did. Because not only is he on his own quest for truth and understanding and enlightenment. Because I'm his friend. And he supports me. And I think that's one of the biggest signs of someone who loves is someone who cares. Who cares when they don't have to. Who cares maybe even when it's not convenient. Who's loving, who's patient, who's kind, who's all the things. And expects nothing in return. I think one of the biggest signs that, you know, we've been infected by this new disease of selfishness is that when you approach love in such a way where you're asking, what can it do for me? I mean, that's a telltale sign of somebody who's, you know, infected with this pandemic of selfishness. I mean, I know, I know plenty of people. I know a guy who said he doesn't even want a relationship, a relationship because unless it's going to be a girl that helps him get the bag. And, and if you don't know what that means, it's, just, it's a girl who's going to help him get his money and get his career going and shit. Like, damn, is that all love is? Man? Like, is love just what you can get off the next person? I mean, obviously, this... This comes in the light of, you know, social media and certain influencers and artists who are on this tip, like basically help me get my empire going and let, or, or get out the way, you know, and there's a lot of motherfuckers out there who's on that tip right now. And again, to each their own, but in my expertise, in my studies, in my experiences, most empires eventually fall. And never even get off the ground when they're built on the backs of people. Love is its own empire. An empire built on self eventually crumbles every time. You know, my, my, my friend Ped, he actually, um, he brought up a good point. He said, it kind of just seems like our idea of love is limited to each of our own experiences, which is so true, but it's, it's also a dangerous revelation. Our idea of love is limited to our experience because it, I know it's true. It's true because, you know, if, you ever, if you've never been taught true or divine love, well, then how do you replicate it? You know, how do you give it? But I think... We can wrestle with that a little bit more because the question really is, is experience of a thing the only basis or proponent by which you learn it? I mean, in, in other words, must one experience divine love in order to give it? And I think the answer is both yes and no. If you've experienced a divine love, then, I mean, obviously, of course, it's going to be something that you know a thing or two about. And your love is going to look a little different because you've experienced something. But if it, you haven't experienced it, could you still embody or replicate or, or tap into this divine love? And my question is, why not? I mean, think about it. Truth is not limited to your understanding of it. I mean, it's truth regardless. Here's a different way of putting it, like, you know, if whether or not you believe in gravity, it exists. And when you jump out that plane, your ass is going down. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, sure, you don't have to experience it. You don't have to jump out of a plane to figure out that that gravity is real, y'all. I mean, now, again, counter arguments. Yeah, most have fallen and hit their fucking head on a, a you know, on the ground or fell out of a tree or fell off a bike or something. What goes up must come down. I get it. But at the same time, you know, truth is not limited to your understanding of it. It's truth regardless. There's this idea of subject, subjective truth and objective truth. A truth that only works for you, but a truth that works for all. 
And I think love is, works the same way. Love is not limited to one's understanding of it. Love is what love is, regardless. And so this higher love, this divine love, I think it's possible to know, to understand, but also to implement for those who believe it. And that's the big key, y'all, belief. Belief is everything. I mean, think about it in this way. Any great figure of our time, you know, the Jordans, the Kobe's, Curry. I'm going to have to go ahead and say Curry because, you know, Curry, he's a baller. You know what I'm saying? But Jordan, Kobe, Curry, all these guys. Or even more political, spiritual. You go, like I said, Martin Luther King. Or we go Gandhi. We go Jesus. When people said, no, you can't or it's not possible or there's no such thing, it was only these people that said otherwise. It was this insane willingness to to believe in something beyond self. And beyond self is the divine. That which is outside of your human grasp, this, this is the divine. I mean, love, love is a touchy topic, man. You know, I mean, we wrestle with it, you know, we're we wrestle with it time and time again. And shit, we're wrestling with it today. But I, th I think the question is, you know, how do we make this pivot? How do we remedy this pandemic of selfishness and transactional love versus to, 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 to actually move into the realm? How do we remedy this pandemic of selfishness and transact transactional love and move into a realm of divine love? And I just want to offer a few things that that worked for me, you know, and making that move and that pivot. Um, and it comes from, obviously, this philosophy that was rooted in some of ancient teachers and teachings. You know, it comes from Christ and and, and really rooting oneself in this Christ consciousness. It comes from divine teachers and teachings. And I think the first the first step is really asking do you believe? Do you even believe that a higher love exists? I think that's the first step. Belief is the first step. Because if you don't believe it, really ask yourself, is there any way to achieve it? There's no tangible way to see it or replicate it or anything, really, if you don't believe it, in my opinion. And I think that's why Jesus would pose this question to a number of different people, including his own followers. He would always ask, do you believe? I mean, he did things time and time again. This guy, the, 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 he had the hand of the miraculous. I mean, this divine hand to do all kinds of insane supernatural things. And yet he still had this insane audacity to look people in their face and say, do you believe? What do you believe? What do people believe is what he would ask sometimes. Because I, I think if there is no belief, then there's no roadmap to, to achieve it. I mean, this is a no-brainer in my, in my opinion. There are so many things in life that are just subject to our belief. Because what one believes becomes fundamentally core to their way of being. I mean... Think about it on a, a more natural point of view. I mean, if you believe that a restaurant is dirty and the cooks are unsanitary, you're not going to eat your fucking meal. You're not going to. And if you do, you're not going to enjoy it all at all because your reality is contingent upon your belief. You believe this place is fucking dirty. You know, now you might have come to that 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 perception based off of a number of things. You maybe you saw a cockroach or maybe you saw a guy not using gloves or shit like that. But some people, they don't even they don't even care about any of the signs. They just assume that someone they look at somebody and just assume that it's dirty. It has nothing to do with whether or not that they were following all the proper procedures and all that shit. It just came down to what they believe. Matter of fact, you don't know what anybody's doing behind fucking closed doors in the kitchen. So tell me what you believe, I mean, is it really based upon what you know? So I think belief 
definitely becomes fundamental to, you know, what our reality is. And if there's going to be a pivot of divine love accessible to you and through you, I mean, the, 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 the first question, the first step is to ask, do you believe that it's even possible? Do you believe in a divine love that is accessible to you? And if you do, I think that brings us to the next point. So obviously, do you believe? But the next point is, is again, real obvious. It almost comes as a consequence or, you know, a, a byproduct of your belief. And, and that is, is there a standard or a roadmap to this higher love? So if you do believe in a higher love, is there a roadmap? Is there a way to this higher love that maybe someone else has paved or taught that you can come to know? I mean, again, it rests on the backbone of belief. Once you think it's possible, this divine love, then, then the next question is, okay, well, is there a person or a people or a concept or a truth or a teaching that speaks of this higher love? And does it work? Is it worth it? You know, I mean, as you can see, there's a lot of, questions, you know, that come from these primary questions. So there's some secondary questions to the primary questions, you know, if you believe it, then, okay, well, then is there somewhere else that it's, is there somewhere that it's been taught? And, and does it really work? Is it worth it? I mean, and that come there comes the, the quest and the experience. Does does this principle that I believe in, this, this higher love, does it really exist? And who's modeled it or who's taught it? And then that brings you kind of like to this third place, which is contingent on all the questions before it, obviously. It was, okay, well, how do I access it and replicate it? So once you believe it and you find its roadmap, then how do you access it? How do you replicate it? Because if you don't access it or replicate it, well, do you really even believe in it or how much it's worth? It's like me saying that I believe in Rocky Road ice cream is the best, y'all. You know what I'm saying? You got to try that shit. It's, 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 and it's a sure sign, a sure sign, as a sure sign of that I believe that. You see it in my fridge. I go out and I buy it. That's the access. I eat it and I share it with others. Well, shit, that shows you how much I value it. Because it's good and I want to have it. I want to eat it. I want to share it. And that's the same shit. That's what Jesus said. By this, you will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. This is how you replicate it. It becomes a part of what you which, which, how you live. So, I mean, as we look at love and we, we wrestle with it, and ask, I mean, are, are you infected with this pandemic of selfishness? Because if you are, then we have to ask, what are you, who are you following and what do you represent? I mean, that's what I have to ask to myself. I mean, because I'm not here to judge anybody else and, and people can have bad days and all that shit. But if you're not loving people, it should raise some questions on what you think about love. A fun way to look at it is like using a sports analogy, maybe, you know, some fans, they're loyal to a ball club no matter what, you know, and I mean, I live in L.A., so I see a lot of fucking Laker fans die hard, you know, through all the rough years, people who've just been fans even before Kobe, after Kobe, during LeBron, the, the whole shit, the dark years that they talk about. I mean, they watch other teams. They watch basketball as a whole. They respect the game. They got a love for the game, but they're Laker fans to the core. I mean, I got some friends that are diehard Laker fans. They got the jerseys. They know the roster. They pay attention to trades. All that shit. It's just some Laker Nation shit for their ass. It drives me up the wall because, you know, I'm a Laker hater. But anyways, anyways, you can tell that that's what they about. Everything about them tells about the team that they love or that they believe in. I think it's the same way with love. 
If you're on Love Squad, then there's some telltale signs that you rock with love. Because I'll see your love for yourself. I'll see love for others. I'll see how you love yourself. I see how you love others. I'll see how you embody love and put on this journey. I'll hear how you talk about love. I'll see how you walk with love. I'll see how love never really fails with you because it's all love. You know, you might enjoy watching some other games of life and I might see, oh man, this guy, he's got some discipline or this woman, she's got some faithfulness or she's got some, you know, but at the end of the day, I will see your love if you really rockin' with love. So, I mean, I think this is just some obvious shit right here. You know what I mean? If you, this divine love that the ancients talked about, that we saw in our history, in human hands, it first starts with those who believe it actually exists and they learn it, they know it, and they try and be it. They try and replicate it. They try to embody it. So how do we embody love? You know what I mean? Like, are you, are you really fucking with this? Like, are you really wrestling with this with me? I think that this, uh, this whole topic of love because, uh, has become like this, this thing that's on our, our, our minds lately. My friends and I, you know, we're just really fucking with it because, um, you see a lot of bullshit in the world. You don't see love. You know, as a nation, as our world, it's easy to see how fake shit is out there now, you know, and it's just really moving through people these days. I mean, you think you look at the fucking Internet, you got YouTube, TikTok, businesses, schools. It seems like everything else in between is just so fucking authentic. And there's so many fake versions of shit. I mean, AI is just infiltrated its way through all of that shit. So you don't even know what's real. I mean, you click on a fucking YouTube and it's like. Wait, what is this shit? It's all AI shit. Love. True love. Seems to be a thing of. Of the distant past. I mean, a lot of content creators now, they don't even use real shit in their creation no more. There is no such thing as authenticity with them anymore. Their own voice ain't even part of the fucking content anymore. It's all digital. It's all AI-generated shit. Content is shit that they've read in a book and something that they, they saw some other content creator talk about and that they just kind of replicate that. So it's just everyone else's version of the same fucking thing all because people are trying to keep up with the trend and get a fucking like and get people to like them for their popularity and shit like that but it isn't what they really believe you know how many times i've asked them if somebody says yo yo i think i think uh, i think about uh when i think about Money, I think that, you know, it's something that everybody should have and that we're, um, that, you know, we should, I don't know, they, they just come up with some random shit, be it love or be it uh, money, be it all kinds of stuff. They have like this grand idea that they heard somebody else spit and then you ask them, okay, well, what about this? And then they're stuck. They don't know what the fuck to say because they're just regurgitating shit that they've heard from somebody else. It's not in their heart. And that's, that's the age that we live in. People who are really heartless. It's all, it's all shit that they, they just read in the book and they're replicating. I mean, AI could do that shit. AI is showing you that, you know, um, that uh, the fakeness of people. AI can do what most people are doing these days. I mean, I... I I'm, I'm fearful of the day when robots start walking around because robots will have way more intelligence than most people. They'll be able to communicate with motherfuckers way better than people because people don't even have it in their heart. But what if we made love a real thing? 
like real love. I mean, I'm on that. That's that Mary. That's that old school Mary J. Blige shit. You know, I'm searching for a real love. But for real, I think that a revolution needs to happen, but can only happen and is only contingent on those who are willing to believe in the divine again. Because it's within that belief that we will see love, that we will believe in love, and we will enact love in ways that supersede human understanding. Right now, dog, we're in a day and age where AI is doing what humans can do. It's taking motherfuckers jobs, y'all. I mean, they don't need us anymore. I mean, machines make the, the world go round. It used to be money makes the world go round. Machines do now. And now we use machines to make money. So what's the use of people? Man, I want to see love. I want to be love, y'all. I want to believe in love again. A love that supersedes just human existence. I want, to, I want to set a new trend. I want to be a part of something bigger than me. I don't want to settle for what everybody else is fucking doing and, reg and regurgitate the same shit over and over and over. That's just another form of fucking slavery. But I want to see a love that transcends human life. That actually causes somebody to wrestle and think. And that's what it is. You know, I don't think enough people have struggled with some shit, y'all. Everything is fucking easy now. Machines do everything, you know. I, I, I know a shit ton of people who've had kids and they just throw a fucking iPad in front of their kid, let their kid entertain themselves and, you know, all kinds of stuff. People grow out with not even understanding love and how it bridges the gap for those who are hurt. Love that bridges the gap for those who are low. Those who are ashamed, those who have you've been in the darkest places of the world. What about love for them? Is love not for all? You know, the sad truth is most people haven't been taught about love. They haven't they haven't had a chance to really see love in action, but I think we can see it if, if people start living out a love that, that is beyond them, but also in them. And this is that Jesus type love. This is that, that love that carries on, carries on a divine essence. That's why Jesus said, man, there, there's a kingdom within and all you gotta do is tap in. And I'll tell you firsthand, it causes me to think about a love that is beyond just this fragment of love that I see in the world today and a love that's dying. Me, I want to see a love and be a love, y'all. A mighty love, a love above all loves, a love. Love. Love that comes from above. Such a love. 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 Love within, love without. Love rooted in truth. It leaves no room for doubt. Love. Love. I wanna, I wanna know a love that reaches down into the soul. Love that goes and goes, no matter which way it goes, it goes because it's love, love. Love that travels many roads. And if not all the roads, where is love? Tell me, where does love go? Love, love. Love that'll make you smile. Love, love that'll make you cry. Love, love that exists far beyond what the eye can see. Love that's never lost to the deep because love is deep. Love. Love. Love that loves through wrongs and loves through rights. A love that loves you in the light, but also a love that loves through those hard nights. Uh, the darkest of nights, love, love, love that fights, love. A love far beyond it all, 
and rests in the in-between. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a love far beyond what we think it means, a love far beyond any means. I see love. I see what love can be. For a love to be is a love to be, and that's all love ever had to be, love. A love to be loved. Love. To be. To be or not to be. Love. 